Hey everyone, thanks for... <laughs> you did not expect that, did you? <laughs> hey, Hello. <laughs> hey everyone, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We are back. We are back. And Lola, you have had quite a week, haven't you? Yeah, it's been real. Um, You're really on a streak of bad luck. I really am on a streak of bad luck. I'm very scared. What's next? So what happened this week? Can you tell um, our listeners? Carla has been a trooper and she's taken over the Instagram, basically. So everyone send her a thank you message. <laughs> <laughs> but I basically got an infection in my wisdom tooth. Ugh. Um, and I had to get it removed and it wasn't, it wasn't like a huge deal. I just took way too long to get it done because mm. I don't have insurance. Mm. Um, but then eventually I realized I don't really have an option. Yeah. That's super so, annoying. Yeah. I went to go do that and I'm still, oops, <laughs> I'm still kind of recovering, but it's really not bad. It was only one. Yeah. So I'm okay. But on the bright side, something very exciting happened for you. Really? What happened? <laughs> you got the vaccine! Oh my god! Oh my god, I totally forgot Dude. about that. See, like, the all the shit outweighed yeah. the best thing ever. I got the vaccine, and I'm super happy because I got the Pfizer one. Nice. Not the Sputnik. <laughs> No, I mean, no dude, I would take that in an instant. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Dude, <laughs> take I would anything. take anything. So you wait, you my mom. So you have an appointment, another one in like three weeks yes. or something? Yes. <sighs> nice. But my mom got the Moderna and she's like, she's like super jealous that I got the Pfizer. And I was <laughs> like, dude, it doesn't matter. Dude, it's so funny. It's going to be so funny in the future. People are going to be like, so which one did you get? You know, yeah. and you're like, biotech. And, mm. Yeah. And now they're Damn. saying... Now they're saying that the Johnson & Johnson is, like, better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that as well. And my mom's like, oh, shit. Like, I shouldn't have gotten one. I was like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it Just, literally doesn't matter. We're healthy people. Like, this yeah. difference doesn't yeah. mean anything to us. We don't have, like, an underlying condition yeah. or things like that. So... So that was something great that happened in your oh week, my God. actually. I'm so relieved. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, obviously it takes time to really work, but in my head, <laughs> it's already worked. Of course. <laughs> and I'm just like, yep, I'm good. No problem. <laughs> but I should probably be, like, extra careful before the second dose. Because hmm. imagine if I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can still transmit it like no no they did some they like changed that opinion okay um so they're saying now after a lot of studies that if you're vaccinated you actually don't transmit it okay okay but i think this takes a while i think it's yeah. like six weeks or something okay i see well so everyone still be careful even if you got the vaccine hmm wear that mask i seriously cannot believe you got it like i'm so jealous <laughs> so oh my cool. god yeah i'm so happy yeah okay well i wish i could bring you one <laughs> send it over <laughs> that's awesome so lola got the vaccine but also 
wisdom tooth removed. So it's kind of like balanced out, <laughs> I'd say, which is, is. very fitting to it today's is. topic. Hey, hey. You always got to keep a balance. So mm. today we're going to get really philosophical, like our intuition <laughs> episode. But way more philosophical. Way more philosophical. And we might have some serious blind spots here. So if we miss anything or if we get something wrong, please let us know. Yeah, we're also just trying to kind of venture out, I think, with some of the topics, like challenge yeah. ourselves. And exactly. you had and you had the idea for this topic like weeks ago, and I had to research in the meantime because I had no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the topic so, for today, Lola? Okay, so there are two Greek gods. There's Apollo and Dionysus. And so in Greek mythology, they were brothers. They were both sons of Zeus. Um, and I don't know, it's kind of hard for me to like bring this into the philosophical lens because in Greek mythology, they didn't represent an opposition. So mm -hmm. they didn't. They weren't the symbol of dichotomy. Apollo was the god of light, reason, harmony, balance, and prophecy. And Dionysus was the god of wine, revelry, ecstatic emotion, and tragedy. Um, which, if you think about it, are very opposing people. Yeah. So Nietzsche later used these two gods as basically an insane symbol of what everybody has within them these two mm -hmm. opposing i don't even know what to call them opposing almost characters yeah basically how i understood it is also that so nietzsche wrote the birth of tragedy tragedy in 1872 And may I just add, he was 28 when he wrote this. <laughs> like, that is When insane. he wrote this fucking genius. <laughs> when he had these... World-changing. Like, he had, like, these really intense thoughts. You know what I mean? And we're sitting here like... Mm. Um, <laughs> but basically what he said is that, obviously, in Greek culture, in Greek mythology, there's, like, hundreds of gods. But he said that Greek culture can be defined by those two gods, despite there being so many. Yeah. And these gods, as you said, are complete opposites. And he said that in the field of just our time and our lives, everything we experience is experienced as opposites. So, for example, you know, we always have the good and the bad or the sun and the moon. Man and God, like he named all these examples. So the Apollon Apollonian and the Dionysian is like it's a mode of experiencing our life and our time. And that's a very interesting concept. So maybe let's just get into each one a bit more descriptive, like what they represent and yeah. what he also meant by that. So let's start with Apollo. You already said like Apollo in Greek mythology is the the god of, of light and reason, knowledge, the rational, etc. Yeah. So like a good way to kind of summarize Apollo, what I read was that he represents the state of measured restraint. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a state where one remains separate and almost masters their emotions. Mm 
Um, this person or this character reminds me a lot of how we described the OCD character in the last episode. Um, just because, so Apollo, it's not a negative, like I'm saying the OCD character because the OCD character is, you know, when the Apollonian goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very similar in the sense that it's all about being rational, being also an interesting thing is that the Apollonian is like the symbol of purity. Mm-hmm. And that was crazy for me because it's so like Freudian. Yeah, it is. I mean, what Nietzsche purity? Is... It's like even like the cleaning of the hands. Like it's yeah, 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 it's just so connected. Yeah, it is. And basically, what Nietzsche said is like from the from the God of Apollo, he coined the term of as you said, like a char- character, so to say, that is the Apollonian, and that inherits reason, calm, wisdom, logical thinking, etc. And it's a side that all of us have. Like there's a side in all of us humans that wants to understand. You know, we long for understanding. We long for calm. We long for wisdom, rationality. And it's also the basis of philosophy, of science, of civilization. And that's also something that Freud later said in his work, Civilization and its Discontent. You know, Mm -hmm. if we didn't have that side in that sense of the Apollonian, um, we would all be completely uncivilized, primitive, basically id-driven animals, I suppose. So it's interesting because Nietzsche believed that um, everything went downhill mm. when Socrates came into the picture. Mm-hmm. And he, think, he thinks, thought, <laughs> he's not here anymore. Friedrich! He thought... <laughs> He thought that the Greeks actually became too Apollonian. Yeah, exactly. Because, okay, let's get into the opposite. Dionysus, dude, I struggle with that word. Dionysus. Dionysus is the opposite of Apollo. And as you said, he's the god of chaos. He's the god of emotion, instinct. Um, And that's also like the state of chaos is the state that the universe was before there was civilization. It was like unstructured there was no reason it was unrestrained passion the unknown etc and also the fear of the unknown and kind of in that sense the darkness also relatable to the unconscious is what what motivated greek to strive towards the apollonian so exactly and that's where then socrates came in and all of a sudden having wisdom knowledge rationality was like what people strove towards and exactly and they yeah and it's so interesting that Nietzsche Nietzsche said that in retrospective that's when the Greek culture went downhill because downhill it was no there was no more balance but like one was stronger than the other yeah they basically like formed this obsession with being able to control everything with their minds Mm. um and I think this basically led to like our Western civilization. It's like yeah. it's still the same. Yeah. It's still the same. And um I have like a super interesting, like another author that wrote a lot about this. 
The only issue is that it's not super, I would say she's a bit controversial, mm -hmm. especially to people who are very into gender politics, mm -hmm. um, because she does talk about male and female in a very conservative way. Mm -hmm. But I still thought what she said about the Apollonian and the Dionysian compared to the woman and man was like super fascinating because she basically said there's like a there's a quote that she said the male orientation of classical Athens was inseparable from its genius. Athens became great not despite but because of its misogyny. So her opinion was basically that the male is the Apollonian mm -hmm. or the Apollonian really represents the male human being and the Dionysian was much more a representation of the female okay and in her writings basically her opinion was that the reason that like civilization became so Apollonian is because it was male dominated. Mm -hmm. This male domination decided what kind of a society we would be. And it's because of this male need to be very rational, organized, clear, and and yeah, it was just a really interesting take on connecting it to gender. Okay, so what this theory basically summarizes is that in all of us humans, in every single person, both sides are represented, the Apollonian and the Dionysian. So there's a side of us that strives for understanding, rationality, calm, wisdom, etc., and then there's also the other side that is drawn to darkness and chaos. And it's, it's also about sexuality and madness and emotion and mm, way more impulsive. And what Nietzsche said is actually that one shouldn't strive for eliminating one or the other. It's mm -hmm. about finding a balance between those two characters that, um, that kind of helps us to live a, a cohesive and, and, interesting life because also think about it like without the unknown without fear without anxiety as dumb as it sounds because we always complain about it but life would not be pleasurable you yeah. know if it was just about rationality and wisdom and stuff so it's really yin and yang dynamic that like lives in all of us and it is very important and it's these two sides are forever at odds, but also you cannot separate them at any time. Like we're all a combination of logical thinking, frenzy. Uh, no, wait. we're all a combination of logical thinking and reason. And then on the other side is impulsivity and passion. And we need to kind of have both to live an interesting and heightened human experience in our yeah. lives. But it's it's also really interesting for me that like we still associate everything great and all progress with this like apollonian mm -hmm. way of thinking and there's also a quote that i read um everything great in western civilization comes from struggle against our origins mm -hmm. and it's like this this fight 
against this Dionysian side of us. It's, it's strange that we put so much value on one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought it's also interesting. I read that Nietzsche said that what you mentioned before, that the Greek culture kind of started to go downhill when Socrates came along and the Apollonian side was really starting to overrule the other one, because he also said that um, Dionysus was the god of, or is the god of wine. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, d- people didn't drink. <laughs> yeah. And that was also contributing to the uh, downfall of the culture because there was just not a balance of pleasure, kind of work hard, play hard, you know? <laughs> it, was, it was just work hard. And he also um, used it to describe, I mean, the work that he wrote this in is called The Birth of Tragedy mm-hmm. because he related it to theater and an experience in the theater. And he said that, in a theater, you need the Apollonian side, you know, you need a plot, you need a storyline, you need to have the audience engaged, and they need to be guided through it. There needs to be a structure in a play. But at the same time, um, the other side needs to be there as well. There needs to be emotion and drama for this experience of a catharsis, like an emotional relief that is experienced by the audience. And if you have one more than the other, it's probably not as enjoyable, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, so if we try to relate this to Freud, here's where it gets hilarious. Oh my god, yes, please tell the story. <laughs> so I read online when I was looking up, because it's, I mean, the reason we picked this is because it's just so connected to psychoanalysis, and it really fits in with psychoanalytic theory. Um, and it's pretty crazy because Freud's theories and Freud's opinions, they all completely match with Nietzsche. Mm. So they work together perfectly. And Freud claimed that he never read Nietzsche. <laughs> and he was asked this like many times and he always said that he never read Nietzsche. But then uh, when people looked into like his personal correspondences, Um, like personal letters and personal conversations, they realized that he constantly quoted Nietzsche. So in his personal bullshit, yeah, (laughs) dear diary letters (laughs) with people. Oh, okay. And so I call bullshit, and that's a relief because it means that like this whole theory, this Apollo Dionysus. It does literally like work towards Freud's theories, mm. um, which for me is very comforting because people always kind of have this opinion that Freud came up with these crazy things and they're all bullshit and there's, there's nothing to back them. And... Um, he just came up with these random things and it makes me feel better because Freud's theories are really not so new, you know, he didn't make them up. They're all based on things that he read. Mm-hmm. And this particularly is very relevant because it connects. Um, so we have like a few different kind of lenses to look mm-hmm. through. but. First of all, it's very similar to the conscious and unconscious 
Definitely, yeah. So the conscious is the Apollonian, you know, who strives for reason and analyzing and um, order. And then you have the unconscious, which is this Dionysian. It's like this darkness. It's a mess. Everything is about impulse and desire. Mm. And it's also quite scary to people. I mean, that's why people avoid it and repress um, yeah, but at the same time, that's also what psychoanalysis does. It doesn't strive to like eliminate one or the other. You know, both just exist within you, and also you can never bring your entire unconscious to consciousness because yeah. just as we live, there is more stuff that is like stored in there. It's like an endless process. So it's really about finding a balance, kind of how to tame your unconscious and how to integrate it into just your life and that's so really relatable to the apollonian and dionysian because yeah, one doesn't exist without the other totally and something that i read which was also very interesting was that um christianity used this like dionysian concept and turned it into the devil or the idea of the devil Mm. and it it also goes along with what Nietzsche said about how the Greeks kind of turned to Apollo and wanted to or really they wanted to strive to be the most Apollonian as possible and then religion also came into it where people pushed out this Dionysian side of them which exists in all of us but they pushed it out so it existed like outside of them and made it into this devil character or demon mm -hmm. um, and it's this thing that people were taught to avoid and fight against and make sure that it didn't like go into you and make sure that it didn't possess you uh, which is really interesting because it almost was like people decided okay this thing is it's no longer going to be inside of me it's going to be some outer entity that we need to keep outside of us mm -hmm. um and it's so harmful i think because because i agree with you know nietzsche's perspective that we all live with these two inside of us it, it makes life full of guilt and i think that's what a lot of religions or not even just religion but strict societies or upbringings they they make people feel guilty for having the side of them because they teach them that it's not in them definitely and that's where i really see this concept as so so strongly connected to freud's work in civiliz civilization and its discontent mm -hmm. and i always feel like i mentioned this book but i think it's my personal favorite book that freud yeah, wrote yeah i think it's amazing because it's, it's amazing like and it's like when you told me about this topic and i started researching it that was my first association i read like yeah. the very basic things and i was like oh my god this is what freud wrote in his book and now we know that he probably you know <laughs> got a little inspo from friedrich 
But what Freud writes in this book, and I can, I think we've recommended it to you guys um, before, yeah. but it's really worth reading because it makes you question our culture and our society and civilization in the way of before there was civilization we it, as we said before it was unstructured there was no reason there was only the unknown it was all primitive you know it was all very id driven just no rules really and then civilization came and it changed everything and of course that's great but when you read the book freud really makes you wonder how much free will is there? Like, is mm -hmm. this really me or is it just things that I took over from societal norms and rules and beliefs? And who would I be if those rules, you know, were not on me and wouldn't kind of control my entire life? And that's for me is really um, connected to this concept because the Apollonian in that sense is what civilization made us and the Dionysian it is what we actually are yeah which is like again you can totally say it in terms of the id and the superego and the ego I think the Apollonian is more the two of them like the yeah. superego and the ego yeah but um, we're in this constant struggle and I think depending on who you are and what you're more of so I think some people do have more of the Apollonian and mm -hmm, some people mm -hmm. do have more of the Dionysus you're constantly trying to push away the other mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's completely seen in you know again OCD and it's also seen in every other disorder if you think about it like it's really this where do you stand on the spectrum of the two? Yeah. Because it also can never be completely balanced. It's never going to be a 50-50. As you say, every single individual has both. But depending on the person, there is a bit more Dionysian or a bit more Apollonian. Like I know for sure I'm definitely more Apollonian than Dionysian. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we also discussed before we started recording is uh, the interesting concept when you relate this to relationships. Yeah, because it's even relevant to that. It is, because think about it. Like, again, you have both sides, but let's say you're, you're leaning more Apollonian. That means that this theory kind of supports the concept of opposites attract. So a relationship, would that mean that a relationship with someone who leans more towards Apollonian and someone who leans more towards Dionysian would in the long term work better because there's more of a balance? Because if it's two people who are pretty Apollonian, then the whole relationship is only about exactly. this side or the majority, the, the, um, there's more importance put on that, I suppose. And this reminds me so much of Lacan. Like, I'm not going to get into it because that'll take, I don't know, 20 hours of what I mostly <laughs> won't know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> a free association. Yes. <laughs> but, like, on a very, very basic level, now I'm, oh my God, now I'm thinking, like, Lacan totally stole Nietzsche's shit. <laughs> because... 
because Lacan wrote so much about this relationship between the hysteric and the obsessive. Mm. And just in a very, very brief description, the obsessive is like the Apollonian. Yeah. The hysteric is more of a Dionysian. And Lacan says that like this relationship between the two works so well because the obsessive, they need some kind of like outer person to bring in spontaneity and mm -hmm, excitement mm -hmm. and some kind of unknown into their life. And that really improves their life. Yeah. Um, because it's so foreign to them. So they actually need somebody else to bring it in. And it's the same with the hysteric. They need um, this obsessive person to bring in structure, order, um, rational thinking. And apparently, I don't know if I agree or disagree, but apparently these two kind of form the most working relationship. Interesting. You know, I was always so skeptical of this concept of opposites attract. Like, I just never really gave it a second thought. I was like, whatever, you know. Yeah. But it makes so much sense if you think about it from that way, from that perspective. Yeah, and I guess that that also means that it's not the way that we thought about it. Mm -hmm. It's like you can be in the same profession, you can have the same interests, you can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But you can still be like an Apollonian and a Dionysian. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just like when we talk about opposites, we're only thinking about like way of thinking. Yeah, it's on a very minor scale. Like it's yeah. nothing you see from the outside necessarily. It's really like specific. It's almost like how they, how you view the world. Yeah, exactly. But it, it doesn't like it doesn't mean that like. Okay, so I am an artist, so I need to find a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> like, because I need to find an yeah. opposite. Yeah, yeah, true. That's important to say it's true. It's really more about, like, yeah, how you see the world. As a certain lens, we all wear glasses kind of through which we see the world. And I guess those can be tinted more Apollonian or more Dionysian. And I think a very, very funny uh, differentiation between the two, I don't know if it's a differentiation between the Apollonian and the Dionysian, but um, I think it is because it's basically the same character. The hysteric has like a horrible memory mm -hmm. and everything is like super fuzzy and unclear when they think about the past. And the obsessive has like extremely clear memories mm -hmm. and like knows, I don't know if you ask them, what did you do for your birthday when you were five? They can tell you exactly what they did. And that's something that I've really found to be true. And I think it's really funny. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I've never paid attention. But yeah, yeah that's like the one thing yeah. where I'm, I always kind of ask because I'm curious. Yeah. And it's always true. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It, yeah. I can relate. I, I'm just thinking about myself now. And I, it supports my theory that I'm more Apollonian. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember shit. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a concept now that we talk about it. And now that it's like on my mind, I'm going to start seeing it everywhere. You know what I yeah. mean? And I'm going to start applying it everywhere. 
So that's what I did with the obsessive and the hysteric. I like literally applied it to everyone. And I think that's a bit dangerous because they're two kind of symbols of disorders. Mm -hmm. And I think also when, when I would tell people about these two structures, it's faced with a lot of negativity because people are like, oh, you're diagnosing mm -hmm. and like you're just putting a label on people and you're just putting a disorder on people, even though in my opinion, they're not disorders. They're just structures of personality. Yeah, definitely. But I think this fits so much better because it's not, it doesn't come with like, oh no, what's wrong with mm -hmm. me? Or like, shit, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, it's only philosophical. Yeah. It's really, it's nothing psychological, really. Like you can, of course, we are relating it to that. But the Apollonian and the Dionysian, imagine you work in a psychiatry and you're like, oh my God, this <laughs> patient B is so Apollonian, guys. People would be oh like, what are God. you talking about? No, but it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of a fun and nice philosophical way of thinking. Like, oh, do I lean more towards that or that or this person? Um, and I think what's so interesting about this and what kind of really is a nice thought is that Nietzsche just said, you know, it's... Of course, no one likes fear and no one likes the unknown and chaos on a conscious level. But he says that we all actually do need that. We need fear and we need chaos and we need this concept of the unknown and darkness and madness. Yeah. And the goal is not to get rid of that or to control it even. It's really a accepting it as and seeing it as an integral part and a valuable part of our human experience and i think so, that's that's really a nice thought <laughs> why are you so giggling <laughs> i was just reading like this thing that i said earlier about like the masculinity and mm -hmm. the apollonian and in this text that i read i just glanced over at it and it was like um I don't know, basically you fight against the, this Dionysian mentality um, by socially constructed Apollonian virtues. And um, it says, like, by men and the dominance of men, including asexual and homosexual men and childless and or lesbian women. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but but now when I read that, it actually makes a lot of sense. Because I feel like women like that is definitely a a category because women who are mothers it's like you're so connected to nature and it is much more like a Dionysian I don't know what to call it, but it is much more Dionysian if you give birth and you are a mother to something. I feel like it's much more wild and natural and not something that you can control or plan, you know, like. But I what do you mean? When someone gives birth, they're automatically more Dionysian? No, but the, but the concept of a mother and giving birth. Yeah is very opposed to like this perfect image of society and like 
people who are dominant in society. It's like people who dedicate their lives to science and studying mm -hmm. and um, progress. And they almost give up like this human part of them. Mm -hmm. And I think when, when somebody is a mother and like has given birth to a child, it, it does take away from this like Apollonian character who only cares about order and rational thinking and uh, progress because you're, you're connected to something. And the whole, the whole theory of the Apollonian is that you're separate from everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. It just sounds like you're saying, which I don't think, that when you're a mother, you're automatically more Dionysian. But no, I, no, no. I don't think so, but I understand what you mean, that when you give birth, there is this ex strong connection totally to another human being or to earth or to nature or just the human experience that in that sense men will never have. Yeah, and I think it actually opposes like Western civilization. Mm. And if you think about it, when you go into tribes and stuff or um, so like communities or whatever that are not Western, you find also that there are way more children and way more births mm -hmm. and it's much more like in this natural i don't know yeah I I, know. I I don't know when you say this now i'm thinking about karen horney horney mm -hmm. horney <laughs> I, I never know how to say her last name and it's so funny because some people say horney and then it's I, horny and then i always think it's just because they don't want to say horny you know what i mean <laughs> Basically, no, she was a she was a British psychoanalyst um, after Freud, basically. And, you know, Freud had this whole theory about penis envy and how basically women in their entire mm -hmm. life feel submissive to men because they don't have a penis and they feel jealous. And Karen Horney said that there is also a, another way around where men feel um, inferior to women in a sense or jealous i guess more to women because they will never be able to experience giving birth or, yeah or being a mother in that sense yeah that kind of reminded me of it now um interesting i feel like this is a topic that we could discuss forever you know what i mean it's like applicable yeah. to so many different it's crazy parts of your life and i'm i'm intrigued so what do you what do you want our listeners to take from this episode or what do you take from it i guess so i think what i take from it is we i don't know all theories and all these um names that we have for things psychological concepts philosophical concepts you should really always take what you like. Mm. Like, I feel like if you read something and it resonates with you, take it and use it because we're both studying psychoanalysis. We're supposed to read psychoanalysis. We're not even supposed to really be familiar with psychological concepts mm -hmm. because a lot of psychoanalysts say that it's all bullshit and all we need to do is read Freud. But I think like this integrative approach is so much more helpful 
And for me, it was just crazy how much like these old, old figures of like Greek mythology can help me and even help my work or the way that I interact with people. So it was really cool for me. Yeah, I always think it's so crazy to think we are discussing a topic that's so relatable in 2021 that was yeah. written by a dude in 1872. You know what I mean? It's like, who were these people? He was <laughs> no, he was so fucking ahead of his time. That's insane. Yeah. It's like Freud when you read Freud or many other whether it be philosophers, psychologists, doesn't matter, like scientists, you know, like, holy shit, those people really, like, were so fucking ahead of their time. I think it's so interesting how you can always kind of relate these things still in our life today. I love it. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's so important not to discredit people and ideas just because I don't know. I feel like it's such an easy way out to be like, no, it's not relevant anymore. Yeah. It really, a lot of it is. You just need to be creative in the way that you think about it. Exactly. And there's no rule of how you can interpret it. Like we also just discussed how we would interpret it in relationships or in ourselves, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's no right or wrong. It's just philosophy. So <laughs> it's just philosophy. It's just philosophy. No, but you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> no, in, it's, our, true. it's, it's in our head. It's in That's our the head. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like some, something we think about. Um, so guys, please let us know what your thoughts are on this topic. If you have some cool creative ideas or inputs of like other parts in your life where you can apply this to, I think that would be super interesting to hear or what you associate with it when you hear this concept anything at all let us know yeah let us know what you think please let us know how we did on the <laughs> accuracy <laughs> um that'd be amazing to have some feedback if there's any philosophers out there <laughs> um but yeah we hope you enjoyed it we hope this was like a cool i don't know new knowledge if you didn't know about it yeah and yep <laughs> thank you for listening thanks and for listening and we will see you or you will hear us <laughs> next week yeah thanks guys